means we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sunny Young in Washington. Welcome to the August 10th edition of the sunny side of sports. American star Serena Williams, who turns 41 next month, is saying farewell to tennis. The AP's Ed Donahue reports. Williams told Vogue magazine she doesn't like the word retirement, but wants to focus on having another child and her business interest. Williams is playing this week in Toronto at a hardcourt tournament, and hence the upcoming U.S. Open may be her last tournament. I don't know. I guess there's just a light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) What is that like? I don't know. I'm getting closer to the light. A reporter said Williams must be joking. I'm not joking. Serena Williams is approaching her 41st birthday and has won more Grand Slam singles titles in the professional era than any other woman or man. What does giving up tennis mean to her? Freedom. Yeah. I love playing, though. It's, it's like, it's amazing. But, you know, it's like, I can't do this forever. Serena Williams says she will relish these next few weeks. I'm Ed Donahue. Thanks, Ed. As Ed mentioned, Serena is playing this week at a hardcore tournament in Toronto, Canada. Let's listen in now to some reaction from tennis fans attending the Toronto event. She contributed so much. Um, Very importantly to me, she showed that as an African-American that you can uh, compete at the highest level for as an African-American woman. She just is strong. She's confident. She's um, um, she's Serena, and she made it easy for the rest of us to, to, to be proud. We're a little bit depressed. <laughs> <laughs> she's an icon. Because she is an yeah, icon. Absolutely. And we would love to see her continue to play, but obviously right now it's time for her to spend time on herself. So okay. you can't yeah. We're happy for, her. We're happy for yeah, her. Yeah, she's, she's ready to go. She's done a great job. She's left quite a legacy, yep. especially for little black girls all over the world, Mm -hmm. and we're happy to see her move on to other things. Uh, We can see how much they have changed the game of women's tennis, and for women of color and people of color who didn't have opportunities, they have opened many, many doors and kicked down many, many barriers for many, many people. And so they mean the world, and Serena means the world because she is the greatest of all time. She's done a lot for the world of tennis, for women, for black women specifically. So I think she's done her work, and it's time to pass it on. If she wants to keep playing great, but if she wants to retire, I think that is more than welcome for all the work that she's done. Well, even just in her play yesterday, it was just so outstanding. And she's been such an incredible role model, I would say, for all of us. Yeah. And so she truly is tennis's greatest, greatest of all time. And we have Miss Olympia to look forward to. She's a goat. We heard one tennis fan say, we have Miss Olympia to look forward to. She was referring to Serena's daughter, Olympia, who is almost five years old. Serena was about the same age when she started playing tennis in Compton, California, south of Los Angeles. What does Serena Williams mean to tennis players in the area? Let's hear some of their comments. Well, she means a lot because I have looked up to her since I was five. 
And she, I looked at her when she was playing. I forgot what tournament it was, but I was just like, I told my dad, I was like, I want to be just like her. So ever since I was five years old, I just looked up to her, and she's just been a really big inspiration for me. But her retiring is a very sad thing, but, you know, she's been in it for a long time. So I think it's about time she's, you know, living her life now. So, but yeah, it's very sad. Well, her fight, for sure. Her determination, she just doesn't give up on anything, even when a match is like super hard she's just still going through that whole entire match strong so that's what I look at every time she plays a lot of young people especially my age like we're all just trying to be exactly like her or even better maybe you never know so <laughs> well to tennis she means winning championships major championships but then there's so many things that I guess a lot of us haven't heard of that she's done outside of tennis. So she's truly set herself up for her second or third career. I, I, I honestly believe she will be remembered as the greatest of all time, even though she did not win 24 majors, just due to the fact of the way the game has evolved over the last 20 to 30 years. Well, personally, I feel she had a great influence. Uh, at one time, uh, I was a tennis instructor here with the kids, and uh, her dad brought her and her sister out here, Venus, and, uh, you know, they contributed tennis shoes to my program for my kids. So I thought that was very respectful. For myself, you know, when I'm working, I have uh, three uh, three granddaughters that, that I teach tennis to, and uh, I use her as an example as to... Uh, emulate uh, work ethics and somebody that's done great achievements in that sport as a female. You've been listening to some tennis fans in Southern California where Serena Williams and her sister Venus Williams first learned to play the sport under the tutelage of their father, Richard. Serena Williams is planning her farewell to tennis And it looks like the U.S. Open in New York, which begins on August 29th, could be her final tournament. Serena has won 23 Grand Slam singles titles, the most by any player in the Open era, as well as more than $94 million in prize money. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports. On the Voice of America. On the next Straight Talk Africa, Kenyan voters go to the polls on Tuesday to elect a new president, parliament, and senators. We'll bring you the latest and expert analysis. We'll also discuss the significance of U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken's visit to South Africa, the DRC, and Rwanda. Join me, Heidi Adams, on the next Straight Talk Africa, this Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Now let's go to Arusha, Tanzania 
where the Confederation of African Football CAF unveiled plans Wednesday for a new African Super League to kick off in August 2023. Speaking at CAF's General Assembly, CAF President Patrice Motsepe described the new league as, and I quote, the most fundamental intervention to the significant improvement of the quality of football in Africa. The league will feature 24 as yet unnamed clubs from 16 African countries. It also will have $100 million in prize money with $11.6 million being awarded the winner. Patrice Motsepe is one of Africa's wealthiest men, a billionaire from South Africa and the founder and chief executive of African Rainbow Minerals, a big mining company. Motsepe says he's seen a big appetite from investors to be involved in the new league. Motsepe says the new competition will also generate what he describes as a solidarity payment of $1 million per year for all 54 CAF member countries. Standing next to Motsepe in Arusha on Wednesday was FIFA president Gianni Infantino. Infantino said, and I quote, there is a huge will to invest in a project like this, which will give new visibility to African football. The Confederation of African Football is expected to continue with its showpiece club tournament, the CAF Champions League, but the format of that competition could revert back to a two-leg knockout competition and the group phase could be eliminated. Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. And as The Voice of America celebrates its 80th year of broadcasting, this Music Time in Africa historical note, the show was founded by the late, great Leo the Music Man Sarkeesian in 1965. That makes it VOA's longest-running English-language program. And Heather Maxwell has certainly done a marvelous job as host in recent years. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. A FIFA project is tackling gender inequality in West Africa as it champions women and girls through the sport of football. VOA's Gwen Uten tells us more. 
Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. In May, FIFA delegates concluded a week-long visit to Africa, where they witnessed the power of the Champion Project. FIFA established the project in collaboration with the French Development Agency, or AFD, to foster leadership among girls, promote gender equality, and provide quality education in safe environments, all through football. The project is being implemented in Benin, Togo, and in Guinea, the country the FIFA delegation recently visited. Mariama Saidiallo is the president of the Ghanaian Football Committee. She says Guinea is fortunate to be one of the three countries selected for the Champion project. Diallo says the FIFA project allows young Ghanaian girls to liberate themselves both socially and economically, taking matters into their own hands. It will also encourage them to be leaders in whichever field of activity they decide to pursue in the future. In general, it has really allowed communities to accept the social emancipation of women. The Champion Project offers over 5,000 women and girls aged 12 to 24 the opportunity to practice the game of football in refurbished mixed-gender training facilities as a way to promote gender equality. And Leia Cesor, a gender and sport development project manager, says the project enables male and female players to coexist in harmony. Cesar says we've combined our main strengths. For FIFA, it's conveying values through sport. And for the AFD, it's promoting projects that have a positive impact on gender equality. So we're bringing these two big worlds together, sport and football, which is very popular among communities. So there's real enthusiasm. In West Africa, 30% of girls from age 15 to 19 are married, divorced, or widowed. And in Guinea... 54% of girls are married before they turn 17. For many, school is not an option, and they face many obstacles, both economically and socially. However, the Champion Project hopes to transform those social and economic norms and contribute to female empowerment. Saiko Hayaso is a father whose daughter participates in the program, and he says he's happy to see his daughter develop both socially and and psychologically. Hayaso says, for me, the Champion Project is unifying. It allows young girls to break taboos that exist between men and women. I think that over the next four years, I will have a daughter who can compete not only at the national level, but also internationally. So I'm proud, and I want the Champion Project to spread throughout Guinea. Young Champion players say the project has brought them joy in being part of a football team so they can show the world the sport is not only for men, women can play football too. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. Now let's go to Senegal, where the Seed Basketball Academy is celebrating its 20th anniversary this month. Begay Downs Thomas, a spokesperson for Seed, 
talked with Ricky Shryock about the past, present, and future of professional basketball in Africa. Well, you know, 20 years ago, when you talked about basketball in Africa in, in general, it wasn't a sport that had lots of engagement, um, didn't have much interest. Football, you know, or as in the States, as we say, soccer is the power game when it comes to the continent. And 20 years ago, if you brought a basketball or you spoke to someone about basketball, there was very few conversations, let alone very few places to play and very few competition. So 20 years ago, C did a lot of community engagement, introduced the game of basketball, especially to marginalized communities throughout Senegal and Africa, and um, has really been teaching youth how to play and has been growing the fan base. So now we have 20 years later, because of the academy that Seed has had 20 years later, and the growth of the game because of the grassroots community engagement, it's really served as proof to the NBA, that's a private sector that, that sees that basketball is really a place of investment in Africa. It's given the confidence of the NBA to NBA Africa to invest and, um, and to open up its office in South Africa. One of the interesting things about SEED is that it is a student athlete academy. Exactly. So, you know, SEED as an NGO exists to empower youth. And the mandate for SEED is the number one tool for empowerment is education. So basketball is the tool, is the conduit to empower youth with education. So all of our engagement with youth from five years old all the way until graduating from high school to 18 are students that are, in, we have to make sure those students are enrolled um, and they attend school. Talking about the last 20 years, what's the future look like? What are some of the things you guys are excited about for basketball, about uh, in regards to basketball on the continent? There's so much to be excited about when it comes to basketball on the continent. And this is not just about the game. It's what accompanies basketball. It is the basketball, as we know, sports in general is a conduit and a driver of economic development. And it's also a peacekeeping tool. And Seed has already seen in the past 20 years the economic investments and drive and infrastructure in arenas. You know, so Senegal has invested in a basketball arena. Um, Kigali has invested in a basketball arena. You have the Basketball Africa League. We see the progress of um, involvement and investment in basketball, like I said, through the NBA and um, NBA Africa and through the BAL. Right now in Senegal there's and all over Africa, there's infrastructure being made in order to support um, access to play, courts, um, the business of basketball, when it comes to tourism, um, when it comes to um, more teams being built, um, the FIBA of, uh, of Africa really growing and becoming more and more professional and having more of a space when it comes to the sports arena here. That's Begay Downs-Thomas, a spokesperson for the Seed Basketball Academy in Senegal. And she spoke with Ricky Shryock from Dakar, Senegal. Sporty greetings. This is Masai Ujiri, the president of Toronto Raptors Basketball, president of Giants of Africa Foundation. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA, VOA's newsmaker interview program. Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. 
You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com slash PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at voanews.com or connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Carol Castiel VOA or on Twitter at Carol Castiel VOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. In pro boxing, we're 10 days away from the world heavyweight title rematch between Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. 11 months ago in London, the Ukrainian Usyk took four of Joshua's title belts, winning a 12-round unanimous decision. For the second time in his prize-fighting career, AJ will try to reclaim those title belts. If you know me and... A lot of my story, you can know I'm the comeback king. Um, you can put me down, but it's difficult to keep me down because I always keep my spirits high. I'm very prayerful. I'm very thankful. And even through my tough times, I know that everything will make sense in the long run. So we keep on moving forward. Definitely the hunger's still there. As I always said from the get-go, stay hungry. Just keep the motivation high. Blips happen. Things happen in life. But... Resilience, mental toughness, consistency will always prevail. Anthony Joshua has prevailed 24 times in his prize fighting career with two losses to Alexander Usyk and American Andy Ruiz Jr. Usyk, meanwhile, is unbeaten in 19 professional fights. He and Joshua also have Olympic gold medals on their resumes. Usyk won gold in the heavyweight division at the 2012 London Olympics. And Joshua, at those same London games, won gold in the super heavyweight division. For pre-fight analysis, we're joined once again by our reigning prince of pugilistics, Namdi Hollywood Moeta. Rage on the Red Sea. Uh, it's all set for August 20th with uh, Usyk, the rematch. But, you know, um, Saudi Arabia is uh, putting up this money and uh, to bring this fight to Saudi Arabia, to Jeddah. But lots of people believe that um, all this is what we call sports washing, whereby using uh, these big events to really cover up the human rights issue in uh, Saudi Arabia. And some other people are also accusing Anthony Joshua of going for the money and then looking the other way and don't say anything about the human rights situation. So uh, it's a tough one for AJ, but it comes down to it. Saudi Arabia putting up the money for this mega clash with Anthony Joshua and Yusuf. Anthony Joshua lost to Alexander Usyk by unanimous decision in London. For the rematch, AJ has brought in Robert Garcia as his trainer. What can you tell us about Garcia and what does he bring to AJ's camp? Sonny, uh, Robert Garcia is a former IBF featherweight champion and he's already trained 14 world champion, you know, as former IBF super 
featherweight champion. He's, and he's 47 years old, and he's uh, locally with us here in Southern California. He has trained uh, major stars like Marcos Maidana, Mickey Garcia, Brandon Rio. He brings what we call the Mexican style. The Mexican style is when you go in there, rough up your man, take charge, lean on the guy, you fight dirty, you fight nasty. This is what Robert Garcia will bring to the camp and then make him use his natural size, speed and power, take advantage of all the strengths. The Mexican style will deliver all that. But... With the Mexican style, you leave yourself also wide open to be tagged or knocked out, which becomes the question of Anthony Joshua's chin. On the other hand, the Mexican style can make you lose power and strength in the later part of the fight, which, which means you run out of gas. So there are two sides to this Mexican style. But the Mexican style is what he needs August 20, and the man to deliver the Mexican style that will teach him these things in the ca- in camp and will deliver it for him fight night is Robert Garcia. Will Anthony Joshua listen to Robert Garcia? We'll find out August 20. Ahead of the rematch, Anthony Joshua has signed what's being described as a groundbreaking deal with the sports video streaming service, DAZN. Tell us about that, Namdi. He just recently signed a 100 million pounds deal with uh, the global sports entertainment company called DAZN. Uh, this deal will be for two fights a year, which means all he has to do is fight two times. And also this part of this deal makes him a shareholder, special advisor, brand ambassador mind you uh, sky Sport, he was with sky sports in the uk before now signing his real deal with the zone in the us we watched him on the zone so now he's got the whole zone all locked in um all he has to do is to keep winning uh for this kind of money and uh, leverage no sports figure on the planet has this kind of deal he delivers august 20 two fights a year. Uh, this deal is just for television. You have not talked about the live gate. You have not talked about the pay-per-view. When you add all that up, Anthony Joshua will be banking for years to come. Will this give him the incentive to get up and fight? Or will this make him say, oh, I have made too much money. I don't want to fight again. I don't want to keep fighting. We find out August twenty in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Thanks, Namdi. That's our reigning prince of pugilistics, Namdi, Hollywood, Moeta. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Dumbolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 0905 and 2005 UTC, right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat.
music show. Still on the boxing beat, let's give a sunny side of sports birthday salute to former world heavyweight champion Riddick Big Daddy Bo. Big Daddy Bo was born August 10th, 1967 in Brooklyn, New York. Before turning professional, Riddick Bo won a silver medal in the super heavyweight division at the 1988 Olympics in Seoul, South Korea. After turning professional in 1989, Bo went on to become a two-time world heavyweight champion. In 1992, Bo won the undisputed championship by defeating then-unbeaten Evander Holyfield. Bo would narrowly lose to Holyfield in a rematch in 1993, That would be Big Daddy's only professional defeat. In 1995, Bo and Holyfield completed their trilogy with Bo stopping Holyfield in the eighth round. I've been a fight fan since I was a little boy. You could even call me a youngster way back then. Well, Voice of America fight fans, I'll put Bo versus Holyfield up there among the all-time great boxing rivalries. Happy 55th birthday to former world heavyweight boxing champion Riddick Big Daddy Bo. that wraps up the august 10th edition of the show thank you for tuning in i'm voa's sunny young in washington and that's the sunny side of sports i get it